Welcome to episode 241 of section 138. I'm your host, Mark Colley, as always, joined by Bryson. And finally, the big grand return of Jacob. After more than a month off from the podcast, Jacob, you're back with us. We're ready to talk about the offseason, some rumors, some things going on with the Blue Jays that we have thoughts about, especially as it pertains to the outfield. Bryson, Jacob, how are you guys? Doing good, Mark. You mentioned it. I'm excited because Jacob finally makes his grand return after over a month on whatever the heck he was doing. Um, I'm I'm aware that he has an announcement for the podcast too, so I'll leave it to him <laughs> on that. But other than that, I mean, it's kind of it hasn't been quiet in terms of Blue Jays rumors. We know the whole Cody Bellinger stuff, and there's other stuff going on that we're going to talk about. So other than that, I think everything's good, and there's there has been rumblings here and there, and hopefully it picks up soon. Yeah, so see, I didn't intend to take a month off. It just kind of happened. Um, but so I told you guys beforehand my announcement was really dumb. So just warn yourselves or just be aware. Basically, if you follow the Section 138 Instagram, I made a post sometime last week where I said I was quitting to become a full-time professional Pokemon streamer. That was a joke. I'm back. I told you it was a bad announcement. I didn't think you were going to carry on with it. But here we are. Teoscar Hernandez was not a Blue Jay the last time I was here. Or, sorry, he was a Blue Jay the last time I was here. He's not now. We've got a lot to talk about. Jacob, you a little, little rusty there, bud? He is rusty. I, t- <laughs> I told you it was a bad announcement, man. I, oh, man. Okay, well, as Bryson alluded to, we do have some semblance of rumors to talk about today. The big one that's been going around and people have been talking about and we haven't discussed yet is Cody Bellinger. He is a free agent after being non-tendered by the Los Angeles Dodgers. And according to his agent, Scott Boris is only going to sign a one-year deal. Of course, we know his track record going back to, you know, the the golden years of his career when he first comes up and has MVP caliber seasons, but then kind of tailing off over the last few years and not being able to produce anything offensively. But with the Blue Jays having a whole in center field and a whole potentially in right field, depending what happens with George Springer. They need an outfielder. And Cody Bellinger is, of course, on that list now alongside the likes of Brandon Nimmo. And as we will talk later in this episode about alongside the likes of Kevin Kiermeyer and Joey Gallo. But we're going to start with Bellinger. I'm curious what you guys think about this rumor. We had a little discussion offline about this, about what type of deal he might get, what it might take for the Blue Jays or any team really to sign him, given kind of the uniqueness of his situation. He's a high potential guy who has a very low floor, and we've seen what that floor is over the past two, three, four seasons. He hasn't been good. You know, there's no other way to put it. With the Dodgers over the last few seasons, he's been pretty bad, and ultimately that's why they non-tendered him at the start of this offseason. So I think wherever he ends up, people are going to be happy with the deal because ultimately you're probably signing him to a one-year, maybe if we're being generous, I don't know, $13, $15 million deal max, I think. And that's not a lot to commit for the type of player he could become. 
And if he doesn't, it's a one-year deal. You take a gamble. It doesn't pay off. You move on. I'm curious what you guys make of these rumors. Whether you think he's a good fit for the Blue Jays. And if the Blue Jays ultimately should go out and get him. Well, when you look at the outfield next year, it's not even as if you have three legitimate outfielders that if you go out and get Bellinger, he can just be your fourth outfielder because Tapia is not on this team as of next season. So if you want to go out and get somebody like Cody Bellinger, you also need to consider that you, unless you want to go from the farm system or whatever, you do need another outfielder, whether that's Brandon Nimmo, somebody like that. And I think initially, I think when we talked about this, I said a three-year deal, like just off air. I said that, I don't I mean realistically, that's probably not going to happen. I think two or three or one or two, three Maybe, but I think a lot of people are a little traumatized from the Kikuchi signing. But I don't really think that he'll get a three-year deal. I think a two-year deal at the absolute max. But I don't know. It, it's one of those things where it, it could work. It could not work. You know, maybe it is just a change of scenery. He's been in the NL his entire career. He's been with the Dodgers his entire career. He does have all-star potential, making it in 2017-19. Played the entire season back in 2018. Like, he does have the capability of being a good should I add, left-handed at bat. You know, he's average early in, in his career with the Dodgers up, you know, it was actually 300 back in 2019, above 300, you know, up in the high 260s those first two seasons. So this isn't somebody who, who it's not somebody that doesn't have a track record. It's just somebody that's kind of fallen off since, you know, the last couple of seasons. And I'm not against it. I mean, when you look at it, the Blue Jays do now, now have a need for an outfielder. So it's not as if if they don't go sign him, like, last season if they didn't go get Tapia they wouldn't really be in much of a pickle like they have three outfielders and then they have that fourth outfielder so you do need to go out and get you need to get two outfielders I would say a bench outfielder and then somebody else but you need to go and get two outfielders and whether that's Bellinger and Nimmo I don't know I would like to see both of them obviously with Bellinger being that left-handed at bat I guess the one worry is is say you, you throw him into a, a you know a one or two year deal and it doesn't pan out you then are stuck with him However, I really, like, if it's a two-year deal, it's not the end of the world, in my opinion. And the best part is, is you can then, I, in theory, you can move Springer to right. And then I think that'll solve a little bit more of his, hopefully, his injury problems and the, you know, the, the aging body of George Springer. But I think it's, it's not a bad option. And we're at that time of year where it's just Blue Jays are interested in this guy, this guy, this guy. Rumors are everywhere. We kind of need to take things as, with a grain of salt, but you also need to consider that after last season, it's clear this team needs a left-handed at-bat. They now also need an outfielder. He fits both of those, and I don't think that that's a bad idea for them to at least target. Yeah, I mean, you're right on that one. And it connects to our last episode um, of the discussion that Mark and I had out, obviously after the Teoscar Hernandez trade, and basically understanding that he's gone. Jacob, you mentioned it, Rymel Tapia's gone, as well as a third guy in Bradley Zimmer. So... The opportunities are here uh, with the Blue Jays, and that's been uh, you know that's been a talk as well um, throughout. I think for what I've noticed as, as well of what people have been saying is that it's easier with um, Teoscar Hernandez no longer on the team. It's easier to now try and just show somebody in terms of a recruitment process or just showing the opportunity that they do have now, the open spot that does come with this team in terms of, you know, it might be center field as uh, we've talked about, of course, uh, the Springer possibility. Either way, it's an open outfielder position. It's an open starting spot. And Cody Bellinger, I mean, he checks all the boxes for what the Blue Jays need. You know, as much as we aren't sure in terms of how close anything is or how 
imminent a deal is or not. The one thing I think we all believe is that there is interest and there's uh, severe interest from the Blue Jays as well as other teams. I mean, how can you not go after somebody who is looking for a one-year deal to revamp his value? A Scott Boris client, and I think that's pretty much one of the things that we heard about right away, is for a guy like Cody Bellinger, you're going right back to a one-year deal. You have to revamp your value, and no matter if it's something that you... You know, you have a one-year deal, you have a two-year deal with some sort of player option, whatever it is. It's an opportunity to revamp your value. This is a guy, of course, who's with the 2019 NL MVP. We know what he brings when he's healthy. However, the past two seasons for him have not been good. And that's obviously the reason for the non-tender decision that the LA Dodgers did make. And of course, you know, there's been injuries along the way with that. There's been just struggles here and there with that. And of course, We've seen the good, we've seen the bad, and this is an opportunity for him to revamp himself and, of course, take away his struggles at the plate that he's had. He is still a very good defensive outfielder, and he's very good on the base path. Or the base path. So that is a very good need, or a huge need, to bring to the Blue Jays, too, as Mark, you've been saying pretty much since the offseason started, to diver- diversify the lineup, change the way the lineup looks. This is a player that the Jays don't have who checks all these boxes in terms of all that, and especially the the one thing that we've been looking for for the past couple of years is that lefty at-bat. And of course, other than Cody Bellinger, and they do bring on Cody Bellinger, I don't know the impacts on, I guess, a Brandon Nimmo deal if, or a potential of that, if that kind of ruins anything, or that still leaves the possibility open that the Jays do get both. But the, the fact of the matter is, and another conversation people are having, is that Cody Bellinger should not only should not just be the only replacement that comes in. And of course, there's going to be other names coming in. So I'm curious to see what you guys think about that in terms of if, for say, you bring in Cody Bellinger, does that completely reduce the chances of signing a Brandon Nimmo, or does that not even affect it in both of your opinion on that? So I think we're all in favor, though, of bringing on Cody Bellinger and being interested in that. And of course, we know about all the rumblings and all the, I guess, just the smoke there's been with Cody Bellinger this week with the Jays. Of course, nothing, again, set in stone, but I think we all believe that this is something that the Jays are seriously looking at. And there's lots of other teams that we know that are in on Cody Bellinger. I think the Colorado Rockies have been reported a team possibly the Giants. Mark, I believe you said beforehand the Cubs as well. So this is going to be something that the Jays are in a competitive market for, and it's something that they desperately do need as they try and move on from Teos Hernandez and diversify that lineup for 2023. Yeah, the Denver Post reported that it was the Blue Jays, Cubs, and Giants kind of leading the way for Cody Bellinger right now. And obviously, a lot of what we're talking about this episode is based off of reports from, I don't want to say non-legitimate sources, but I'm going to say non-legitimate sources. They are kind of random Twitter accounts that we're taking a lot of this from. Sometimes they are right. Writ large, these sources are not correct in the predictions that they make, and I call them predictions because they are not based on fact. But where we are right now in the offseason with very little happening for the Blue Jays, but these names flying around, we're going to talk about them over the course of this episode, like the Blue Jays, are connected to them, like the Blue Jays are interested in them, because that's just where we are in the offseason. But yeah, with the case of Cody Bellinger, it is true, or at least according to the Denver Post, that the Blue Jays are actually connected with him, that they've shown interest, that they're one of the three teams that are most interested in Cody Bellinger. And I think, yeah, a big part of this conversation, kind of like the same conversation we had with Teoscar Hernandez, is, okay, what's next? Like, yeah, if you sign Cody Bellinger, that's great. Um, I think... You know, if you sign him for one year, $15 million or less, he has the potential to turn into kind of a Marcus Simeon type 
Maybe you're a little bit less optimistic that he's going to bounce back as well as Simeon did because there's been more time since he was that high caliber player that he was in his MVP season in 2019. But I think he's kind of that archetype. And if you're signing him, you say, okay, that's great. But he can't be a starting center fielder. He can't be a starting right fielder on this roster. You have to plan around the fact that, you know, he might not have a great season. He might put up a 210 average like he did last year. And if you have that coming off the bench, fine, that's okay. If you have that in a starting position on your ball club, kind of like the Dodgers did last year where we got into 140 plus games, that's not going to fly with the Blue Jays. So that's what I think this deal depends on and kind of what the Teoscar Hernandez deal depends on. If the Blue Jays sign Cody Bellinger, immediately the question becomes what's next? Because this deal in isolation is not good. Writ large, big picture, it could be. Um, I'm curious whether you guys think Cody Bellinger will bounce back. Like, we're not Dodgers fans. We haven't watched him day in and day out. I don't know what the rationale is behind the reason why he struggled the past few years. To be honest, the fact that this has been three years running where he's put up subpar numbers without... You know, last year aside, without any significant injuries, like COVID year, 56 games, 239 batting average. Honestly, I think we can toss that season out because it was COVID. Last year, 95 games, 165 batting average. Injuries, whatever, sure, toss it out. But last year is a really concerning one for me, right? To play 144 games, to be healthy the entire season, and to only bat 210. Like, I don't know. If there's any Dodgers fans listening, like, what is the story behind this? Why has he struggled so much, even though last year he doesn't seem to have been injured? That's a part of this that concerns me. So I think, like, well, Marcus Simeon might be a tempting comparison to make. I don't think it totally makes sense because there's been three years of this as a track record for Bellinger versus one year when it was the Blue Jays signing Marcus Simeon to a one-year deal. So to be honest... As much as I would support this move as kind of a gamble that could pay off big time, I'm ultimately not that confident that Bellinger is going to return to his kind of 2019 self where he was MVP. That's where it gets tough is like you hope that it works. I mean, on base percentage, OPS, OPS plus, really the only thing, even slugging to a lesser extent, pretty much everything's just been in decline for him since that 2019 season with the exception of 2020 because that's not really fair for anybody. So... I don't know. I think really the only thing you can say is, is a change of scenery, is a change of leagues, is that enough for him to turn things around? And maybe, I don't know. And that's the tough part. I mean, he's only ever played with the Dodgers and you hope it works. Like if the Blue Jays sign him and he completely turns things around, team looks a lot different than it did. I mean, you still have a big hole to fill with Teoscar Hernandez out of that lineup, but as long as he doesn't make a million errors, I really don't think that he's a, a defensive liability compared to Hernandez. So I don't know. It, it's it's one where I don't think really anybody has any answers. They can just hope. And if the Blue Jays go out and get them, I mean, you can hope it works. I mean, a good comparison in the Toronto world is, is Matt Murray going to turn things around with the Leafs? You know, I know we don't like to compare sports, but guy with a lot of injury problems, a lot of declines since that Penguins Cup run or the back-to-back runs, and is he going to turn things around? And focusing back on the Blue Jays, because nobody really listens to us for the Leafs, but you just have to hope and it, it will it be the thing will it be a, a thing of changing scenery changing leagues that works and we can hope and 
worst case, they go out and get him and another outfielder. If he's a bench bat, I don't think that that's necessarily an awful opportunity for him to have. And another thing, you know, we we talk about Bradley Zimmer not playing a lot, but he plays a lot defensively. You can put him defensively. You can have him just not be a defensive liability, but it's all really we can say. Like, if, if he comes to this team, I hope for him to do, you know, the best that he possibly can. You know, at best, you're getting a guy that can play... You know, his first three seasons, playing nearly every day, with the exception, I guess, of 2017, only playing 132 games. Like, he played a lot in those seasons, and even last season, too, a down season, but he plays a lot. You can hope that he just revamps himself, and if it is a one-year deal, perfect opportunity, you then now have, you're proving to the rest of the league that, yeah, I'm I'm better than what I previously was. It's all we can really say at this point. Like, is he going to turn things around? And I don't know. Yeah, I mean... The, that's I mean that's the gamble with it, but of course that's what makes the whole one year deal thing attractive because we all know that nothing can really go wrong with that, and why not if it really works out? But that's the that's the thing pretty much I guess related to what I asked you guys before is that let's say again hypothetically that Bellinger does come here, that's obviously far from what the Jays are finishing from in terms of perhaps they still try and get a Brandon Nemo or they get somebody else obviously who could be available. I don't think they stop with that, and of course. A part of that is because, first of all, they need, obviously, more outfielders. But another part of that could be the lack of, you know, I'm not going to say the lack of complete confidence because I do think if the Jays are bringing in Cody Bellinger, they have some confidence that he's going to try and turn this around. But, however, you still need to replace Teoscar Hernandez. You still need to add an outfielder to make your lineup even better. And in the case where a Cody Bellinger bounce back season does not happen, at least you have another option there that could produce to your lineup every day. And that's basically where... I guess the result of this contract will be is that you're hoping for a rebound of Cody Bellinger. The problem with Cody Bellinger, what we've seen is we've seen MVP Cody Bellinger, and then we've seen somebody fall, fall off a cliff pretty much essentially uh, starting after the 2019 season. So I think the easy answer here, and it is an easy answer, but I think it's the most realistic answer is that I don't know. I don't necessarily think we're expecting 2019 Cody Bellinger. Of course, you never know, and you always have to leave the door open for that. But is there some sort of middle ground that you can find between 2019 and not even a middle ground, I should say, even more of an improvement than a middle ground from what you saw in 2021 and 2022? Because the numbers are concerning in terms of the steep uh, or the drop-off that he's had. Mark, you mentioned it earlier. Jacob, you're mentioning as well. Uh, pretty much other or more stats than the, the usual ones. All of that have pointed to a significant downfall. So you need more than a middle ground of a 2021 and 2019 Cody Bellinger. You need to find somebody who is way better than 2021 Cody Bellinger and maybe below the level of an MVP obviously I just don't think that's the realistic thing and of course we all have to be prepared for the fact that this may not work out whatsoever but he is still providing to the outfield defensively he still has speed on the base pass he has other benefits to this lineup that could help even if his bat isn't exactly bouncing back to what we are I guess hoping uh, to be the case so I think that's where we stand on that and that's obviously the thing is with Cody Bellinger is that he should be you know we understand why he's gonna potentially or we understand why he potentially will come here but there needs to be more after that and I think that's the important question and relates again are they out of Nemo or out of Nemo if they bring in uh, Bellinger can they still get Nemo what other possibilities are out there? And of course, we know that there's other trades coming this season. So we definitely need um, a better version of a 2021 Cody Bellinger without expecting Cody Bellinger to be an MVP like he was in 2019. Yeah. And just kind of digging into the story behind him a little bit more. 
Um, according to fan graphs, he had multiple shoulder dislocations and a fractured left fibula over the past couple years, which resulted in obviously missed time, but also steep decline in contact quality and production. Um, they do note, however, that even this past season, 2022, when he had a WRC plus of 83, which means, of course, you know, the league average being 100, he's at 83. His war was at 1.7, which is still pretty darn good for someone who's not producing anything, essentially, offensively. And that's a tribute to his really capable and strong defense in center field. And, you know, we hear about the Blue Jays stress this sort of run prevention idea a whole lot. And that could be where Cody Bellinger fits into this equation, right? Obviously, looking towards the offensive stats and hoping that he rebounds a little bit, but also just being confident and and trusting in what he does defensively. And just to touch on the offensive stats a little bit, Fangraphs finds some things to be optimistic about offensively about him. It tracks his kind of his uh, his approach at the plate, how aggressive he's been in 2021. Of course, a lot the the season when he was at kind of the the low point, um, he was chasing a whole bunch. His swing rate was really high and his exit velocity was down, but we saw that tick up in 2022. And maybe that was a result of being more healthy, coming back from the injuries, getting more comfortable. So maybe we'll continue to see his approach change next season. And maybe that's what the Blue Jays are kind of pursuing and hoping for. So a couple different things to pull on and be optimistic about and some of the reasons why I think the Blue Jays might be hopeful about him and the last thing to mention is just that he may benefit from the shift ban as well you look at his spread and it's the type of spread that would benefit him with the shift being banned so I I can see why the Blue Jays would be interested in him and I can see why this deal makes sense and I can see why you would expect a little bit of an improvement from him in 2023, but it's nowhere near enough to bank on him. You still need to go out and get someone like Brandon Nimmo, or, you know, we keep talking about him. Maybe he's out of the Blue Jays price range. Maybe that's a little bit too much to expect because he's probably getting a deal. I would wager if he's signing with the Blue Jays, it's kind of looking like maybe not quite George Springer's deal, but in that range, because of course we know the premium it takes to sign someone to come up to Toronto and, I think that might be a bit too pricey for the Blue Jays at this point. So maybe not Nimmo, but I think someone below him, a notch below him. I know there's not many options in the free agent market for outfielders besides Aaron Judge and Brandon Nimmo. But you need a top quality guy if you're going out and getting Cody Belger. Now, you know, we can kind of shift the conversation to some of these other guys the Blue Jays have been mentioned alongside in these sketchy rumors that we've been seeing on Twitter. Kevin Kiermeyer and Joey Gallo have both been connected to the Blue Jays. We'll shout out Thomas Hall, who's the one who reported this. Again, we don't know if it's true or not. We don't know the validity of these rumors, but we're going to talk about them anyways, just because they are entertaining to discuss when we have nothing else to discuss. But the same thing goes for Kevin Kiermaier and Joey Gallo. If the Blue Jays sign them, it's the exact same thing as Cody Bellinger in my mind. Maybe you don't expect or are hopeful for high offensive production, but at the same time, Neither of them are going to be or should be a starting outfielder. You still got to go out and get someone who's going to be able to start day in and day out and give you really high offensive production. Not just high offensive production, but diverse production 
and run prevention in the outfield. So I think that's kind of the big picture of things. Let's dive in a little bit more on Kiermaier and Gallo. What do you two make of the Blue Jays being mentioned alongside these guys? To some extent, it makes sense because the Blue Jays need an outfielder. These are guys who they would be interested in. I think Gallo will probably come at a relatively low price. Kiermaier is older. He'll probably come at a relatively low price, but he offers the upside of very strong defense. And of course, as we've talked about, runs saved in the outfield is a priority for the Blue Jays. So a couple different things to pick up on here, but I'm curious to get your guys' thoughts on Kevin Kiermaier and Joey Gallo. Honestly, I think this is just what we've come to expect over the last couple seasons in the offseason. It's just Blue Jays are interested in everybody. And realistically... So you, you don't think they'll they'll sign one of these guys? Well, if I think if you consider Nimmo, Bellinger, Gallo, Kiermaier, one of them for sure I would say is going to get signed. But we're at that point where like most of who they're targeting is just targeting for the sake of doing their due diligence. And as for Joey Gallo, I don't like that. I'm just going to get that out of the way. I think he strikes out way too much. And yeah, there's the upside of, of the shift being banned. So you can't have four guys in, in the corner at right field. So there's a little bit of a benefit for him, but I don't like that. I don't think that the Blue Jays, yeah, he's a lefty. He can hit for power, but he's not what they need. They don't need a guy to hit a bunch of home runs and absolutely nothing else. They need a lot more than that. And I'm not saying he's a bad defender. I'm not saying he's the worst option out there. I just don't see him as a fit for the Blue Jays. And as for Kevin Kiermeyer, I mean, same thing. Like, it's it's sort of a grain of salt. You know, it's a guy that is going to hit you know, a little bit better than, I mean, better than what Bellinger has been doing these last couple seasons. But not the player that he used to be back, you know, when he first came up in the league. A little bit older, like you said. I, I think if... If you're going to get either of them, you got to get another guy as well. And that's the thing. When I mentioned those four outfielders, they're going to at least get one. But I don't think that that's enough. I think you still need to go out and get somebody because realistically, neither of them are close to what Teos Hernandez could do offensively. Yeah, the defense is definitely a bit of an upside for you know most of those guys that I named. But I think regardless of who you get, you also kind of need to go out and get Brendan Nimmo because you need that lefty need that guy can hit for a bit of a higher average averages up in the 260s 270s a lot for Nimmo it's one where I do think that you need to go out and get multiple like this cannot be a we got Kevin Kiermaier and then we're going to call up some random guy from the Bisons and call our outfield today like that cannot happen and so I don't know at least thankfully there is no lockout now I think it was maybe around this time last year where I think it was December 1st, if I'm not mistaken, something like that, where out of nowhere, it was just rumors, 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 crazy, like that Carlos Baerga going absolutely haywire with all of his posts, and we're all hyped, and then we had three months of nothing. At least now, that's not the case. Like, we'll probably end this calendar year knowing at least better who the Blue Jays are going to have in their outfield, and I think if you can just kind of group Joey Gallo and Kevin Kiermaier into that group of four or five, if you want to add some other names of... There's a group of players, the Blue Jays need to sign one, if not two of them. And if they don't, I think that, yeah, you you get good relievers in the Hernandez trade, but the outfield will be considered probably one of the bigger weaknesses of the team if you don't go out and, and, and do that. They're, they're going to have to go and get somebody. I think we all know this. And the fact is, they need to if they want to go back to where they were uh, last year or even be better than what they were after all the lessons they've learned. And it's interesting you mentioned, I guess, other alternatives, Mark, about... Um, Joey Gallo and Kevin Kiermaier because I believe it was a couple days ago and this kind of relates to what you were saying earlier where Jeff Passan 
was uh, right. It was an article he he was on an interview along the lines of that, and he believes that Brandon Nimmo from him again could get a six year deal worth one hundred and thirty million dollars. So that relates to your question about. How much is this team willing to give Brandon Nemo? Um, and I guess the other question is, could he actually get that from one of these teams that are interested in him? And I guess it's definitely important to have other alternatives out there. But basically what Jeff Passan is saying, and you know these numbers are all in a ballpark range, but that's an idea of what Brandon Nemo will likely cost um, to come here or to go at pretty much no matter what he's going to get on his next contract. And that could be another contract that ties this team up. Uh, we don't know how, how I guess they are willing to spend if they want Brandon Nemo and they continue to be interested in Brandon Nemo. But it's definitely an important factor to add when you're looking at that. Uh, you know, And of course, if you want to compare it to a guy or two guys like Kevin Kiermaier and Joey Gallo, it's definitely going to be nowhere close to that. And I guess I can start with Kiermaier. I just, I don't, I don't like the idea of him coming here just because of the whole history with the Rays and the whole rivalry. And then, of course, the thing that highlights to me is the whole it situation where, you know, the, the card from Alejandro Kirk's wrist came off and he stole the whatever the heck it was in terms of the notes and all of that. I just, to me, it doesn't, it leaves a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth with Kevin Kiermaier. I just, I never have been the biggest fan of him because of that. And I just, for me, like, you want to compare him to bringing in a guy like Cody Bellinger. Uh, Mark, you were going over his his war and his, his you know his advanced stats earlier. At least there's some sort of you know potential payoff with Cody Bellinger where he can hopefully bounce back and be somewhat of a you know an above average hitter on the lineup. Where Kevin Kiermaier has pretty much shown year after who he is, and he's pretty much been the same player. And of course, he's been a really good defender. But in terms of him at the plate, you see what you see is what you're going to get out of him. So that's why, you know, a Cody Bellinger is way more appealing, obviously, for those reasons, because you have, I guess, the potential of getting more out of Bellinger, even though there's obviously a chance that doesn't happen. And the result of that could be another down season from Bellinger. And then there's the whole Joey Gallo thing, which is definitely similar along the lines to both of those players in a way, because we know that before he was traded to the Yankees, he was playing well with Texas or he was doing his usual thing where he was hitting in the 220s or the low 200s and he was hitting home runs after home run. He went to New York. It was never a really good fit for him there. And then he kind of played himself out of the lineup uh, at this or at points this year. And then that led the trade of the Dodgers where the Dodgers believe that they could potentially fix Joey Gallo and that can kind of turn the season around. But at the end of the day, he pretty much had a little bit better than what he did in New York, but still numbers that... Uh, would signify somebody who was struggling. So there's the, I guess, another chance with that if you bring in a guy like Gallo, a, a potential for somebody to be better like that. But those are guys that you're taking massive risks on. And that's what you're talking about earlier when you were saying this, Mark, is that how confident are you, for example, if you bring in Cody Bellinger, how confident are you that he's going to be better than what we saw the last couple of years? And if you're bringing in guys like that, you always have to prepare yourself for the possibility that that's not going to be the case. So these are alternatives that the Jays are looking at. I'm not necessarily the biggest fans of them. I, I don't see that as a plan A or plan B option, more of a last, um, I guess, scenario type of situation. I really do believe that they're going to do the best they can to sign Brandon Nimmo. And I even believe more that if it, it's not Brandon Nimmo, it could be somebody that we have no idea or we haven't spoken about yet over a guy like Joey Gallo or Kevin Kiermaier. The Jays have done that before. We know they still have to trade a catcher. Some sort of package in there could include one or an outfielder depending on what happens with Brandon Nimmo. And I just, for me, that is more likely that 
that happens, if Brandon Nimmo is not coming here, I just think that the Jays are going to try and do better than what is available to them in those two names with all due respect to them if they can't get a guy like Brandon Nomo and they really need to be serious about getting this lineup better, diversifying this lineup, and really at the the end result, and Jacob, you said it, is replacing Teoscar Hernandez, which they have to do at this point now, and we know that. If the Blue Jays sign one of Bellinger, Kiermaier, or Gallo as their fourth outfielder, are you happy with that? Just yes or no around the table? As their fourth, yes, but they still need a third outfielder. I think that's the problem. Yeah, well, they're not going to sign him as a fourth and then just leave center field empty. Well, that's yeah. <laughs> that's okay, what I that's mean. What I mean. Like, that's what I imply. Okay, with so the then question. to answer your question, Mark, yeah, yes. If they go get somebody else, then yes, I'd be fine with okay. the fourth outfielder. Okay, thanks yeah, for clearing like, that up, Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I I think that's that's the right place to be at. Neither of these guys should be starting, or any of these guys shouldn't be starting, but. If you put them on the bench, I think that's a great option for the Blue Jays. And I, I like Joey Gallo better than Kevin Kiermaier. I think the magic is in the beard. And when he went to New York, it went away. And I think once he grows it back, it'll come back and the power will come back. And I guess my one concern is I don't know how sustainable his power is off the bench. Like, we already know how much he strikes out and how much he struggles to get on base sometimes. And... I'm a little worried that if you're putting him on the bench, then that's only going to be exasperated and he's just going to struggle more. But ultimately, having Joey Gallo as your fourth outfielder or having Kevin Kiermaier as your fourth outfielder as a guy who can be a defensive replacement would be so, so much better than having Bradley Zimmer as a defensive replacement or JBJ as a defensive replacement. No offense to JBJ. I know he's much more of a fan favorite than Bradley Zimmer was. Although Zimmer kind of, what do you mean? Ironically, a Blue Jay legend. <laughs> Zim Shady, um, rest in peace. No longer a Blue Jay. Uh, okay, the last thing we have to talk about, Brayson. You mentioned it there. You let it slip in the catcher situation. The Blue Jays still have to trade a catcher, and one of the rumors we got this past week. Again, I will say, not a reputable source. One of the rumors we got this week was that Danny Jansen is the odd man out in the Blue Jays' catcher situation and that they want to trade him over someone like Alejandro Kirk and over someone like Gabriel Marino because this report stated that the Blue Jays believe in the athleticism of Gabby Marino and obviously the offensive production of Alejandro Kirk. Um, This kind of goes against what Bryson and I thought. Um, I think both of us thought that Danny Jansen was one guy who wouldn't get traded. But to be honest, when you think about it, I don't know. Maybe this is showing that I don't have much resolve in my opinions. But I don't know. Like, the more and more I think about it, the less and less confident I am that Danny Jansen is staying on this team. And I know that goes against what I've been saying for the past eight months since we started having this conversation. But I don't know. I'm just less and less confident that he's staying on this team. And I can... I don't know. The the more this situation progresses, the more comfortable I get with the idea of trading him. I still think he is the Blue Jays' best bet as a starting catcher just because of the way he handles the pitching staff and his defense. But I don't know if the Blue Jays think the same way as me, so I'm getting less and less confident that he's going to be the starting catcher for a couple more years. Do you guys believe this report? Do you think Danny Jansen could be on his way out? Are you shaking your, at least for Bryson, your belief that Danny Jansen is the one catcher the Blue Jays will keep 
Well, when you said that you think Jansen's the best starter that they have, I'm in the same boat as you. Like, I I love Alejandro Kirk. I think his offense has a lot of upside, but I don't know if you can necessarily trust him behind the plate four to seven or four to six, four to five, whatever you want to call it, four to five times a week. Like, he'll get in the lineup, but I don't really think that he's a starter, at least not right now. And as for Gabriel Marino, it's tough because, you know, we talked about this. I remember when the Barrios trade happened. It's like, is Simeon Woods Richardson or Austin Martin, are they going to pan out the way that you think they are? Or is Jordan Groshan's going to pan out the way that you think he is? Like, we always talk about how it's okay to unload a prospect because you never truly know. I don't know. I think Danny Jansen had, you know, a much better season than a lot of people were really expecting. Like, he finished 2021 quite hot. Then this season, obviously only 73 games, I think it was. So, you know, a little bit less than half the season, but you had three catchers for a while. So I kind of understand it, but 260 average, obviously, you know, the, the home runs obviously were a lot up. I think career high in home runs with 15 RBIs were up a little bit more than his 2019 total. So he's, he had a better offensive season than I think anybody expected. And the defense was always there. And so that's why. I don't really know. I, maybe I'm eating my words in a couple seasons if Gabriel Moreno is an all-star Salvador Perez-like catcher when he was in his prime, but I don't know. As for this time, I think that Danny Jansen is the guy you have to roll with, at least for this season. Like I know Blue Jays are a long-term project, and things could happen. Things obviously do need to be different after last season's the uh, disaster in the playoffs, but I don't necessarily think that moving Danny Jansen makes you a better team. Because now you do have an unproven catcher as your backup in, in Gabriel Moreno. And yes, he could turn things around. But I think I'd be, and I'm not saying that I want this to happen, but I'd be more comfortable with Danny Jansen and Gabriel Moreno than I would be with Alejandro Kirk and Gabriel Moreno. Could just be me, but I don't really think that you have, I, I don't think you go with that type of tandem. I, I think that if, if a catcher is to stay and is to be the starter, it's got to be Danny Jansen going forward. And so... Keep them for this season. Keep them, you know, don't move them this offseason. But if you do get into the point where next season or the season after you are realizing that, yeah, we do need to get rid of Danny Jansen if we believe in the upside of Gabriel Marino, then then by all means, I'll eat my words on that. But as of right now, knowing what we know, I think you do need to roll with your two best catchers in, in Danny Jansen and Alejandro Kirk and not necessarily be so willing to bet on a prospect. And it could go wrong, but I, I do think that it, just making that huge gamble on such an important position could have a lot of downside. Yeah, I mean, I did let that T slip in earlier about what they could possibly go with uh, with this position, but I think like I give this a little bit of a pass mark because of our opinions. Because I just I feel like we everything that we said about why Jansen wouldn't be the guy is because we we're under the impression of how well liked and well respected and how just throughout the organization how well he handles all the pitching and how he's the guy that basically knows all these the the pitchers very closely and you just feel like when you think about that like there's no chance the Jays would get rid of a guy like that right and that's I think that's kind of what factored into it but when you really think about it for me I've come to the conclusion because of how good the catching depth is here and how we've heard a rumor about all of the all of these catchers now individually be individually about the ones to to be traded if if that's the case. I have now come to a conclusion where I have a case to be made for any of them, which means whoever the heck it is that gets traded, 
I'm probably going to be fine with it as long as the return's good. Of course, the trade has to be good. But if the return and everything's good, I can come to peace with whoever it is that the, the Jays decide to move. Because you can make a case on any of those three who you can move because pretty much of all the points that we've laid out all year, um, going back to the summer about a guy like Alejandro Kirk, who of course, had a really great year as an all-star. And of course, Gabriel Moreno, the promise that he has and has shown at times and the confidence that he has within this organization. And then Danny Jansen, who, when he was healthy, of course, he had pretty much the, I mean, he was, he had a really good start to the season. He got injured a couple times. He came back, kind of had a little bit of a slow month, but at the same time, his numbers or certain numbers that he posted were uh, among the league leaders in terms of OPS, or I should say on the team. And he really had good numbers when you didn't really think of it. So you can make a case for all these guys to go. I'll say this. If Danny Jansen is potentially one that is expendable in this uh, situation, I would not be surprised. I would equally not be surprised for any of these three catchers uh, that would p- p- or possibly get moved at this point. I just feel like it's so close. It's so it's gotten to a point where it's kind of unpredictable now because of this, because it's just been conflicting reports and all this. And if you really want to entertain the idea of Jansen being gone, though, in this case, because we have that we've done that the least uh, in terms of comparing it without Gabriel Moreno or Alejandro Kirk. I mean, you take Danny Jansen out of the equation, Jacob. I know you said that you aren't is con- uh, comfortable with Alejandro Kirk in there every day, and I think as much as that could be still tr- or still be true, I think he definitely did take a stride in showing. Uh, that he could be reliable after this season. I know he didn't get quite to you know a total or a whole uh, number of games without Danny Jansen, but he still pretty much appeared in 78 games behind the plate, and he also had 51 appearances as a DH. So he did a really good job filling in for the voids of when Danny Jansen was absent. Perhaps that you are fine, or you've kind of have seen it to an extent where you could possibly be comfortable with it. And of course, with Gabriel Moreno, I mean, if that's the case, you understand that he's going to get a lot of playing time too. We know the athleticism is that is what the Jays are pretty much um, high on and um, with Gabriel Moreno. And he's a top-trained prospect in baseball for a reason. Of course, he still has to prove it, yes. But the Jays are very confident with this. And he's likely, or it's going to be obviously probably a platoon type of situation as well, where you can use Kirk as much as you can, but not keep him on his feet every single day of the week. And I think the Jays did a really good job of balancing that out last year when they had the chance to without Jansen. And I'm sure they can find a way to do that again this year if they decide to move on from Danny Jansen. But it's new in terms of hearing about a Danny Jansen report that he could be the odd man out. Once again, wouldn't be surprised. And at this point, for me, it's a guessing game on which one of these three are going to be moved. But one of them for sure will be moved, and I can be fine with any of it, I think, at this point because of how good uh, they all truly are. And that's kudos to them for how good each and every one of them are, and their catching depth is really good on this team. Yeah. I think the few things that I'm thinking of, in the case that Danny Jansen is moved, I don't think Alejandro Kirk has to play every day because you do have Gabriel Marino. Like, it's, it's not an if or you know if this happens that has to happen I think you can set up the situation where Alejandro Kirk is starting half the games behind the plate he's getting you know the other half of the games half of half of the half of the game so a quarter of the games he's at DH and a quarter of the games he has off and then Gabriel Marino is behind the plate for the half of the games that Alejandro Kirk isn't so I know there's a lot of halves going on there, but I think you can set it up where it's not overwhelming for either of them, and especially on Alejandro Kirk, where there are concerns 
about whether he can start every day. So I think you can set it up where it's not a problem. And the other thing I will say that goes against Jansen staying on this team is the fact that he has the least team control left. He's been on this team the longest. He's going to be a free agent the soonest. And when you look at it that way, this is kind of the time that teams normally make a move. I mean, we saw it with Teoscar Hernandez coming off the books next year. One year of eligibility left and the Blue Jays decided to move him. That's the time teams move players. I know Danny Jansen isn't quite at that point yet, but it's getting to a conversation where that is the case. So I don't know. Yeah, I flip a coin and that's who is going to get traded. It's really that close, I think, and only time will tell. But we know that one of them will be traded, and of course that's coming down the line. Um, I think that's all the baseball we have to talk about. I do want to throw a question. question. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, you go first and then I'll go. Oh, well, I was going to say a non-baseball question. I was going to ask about the World Cup because that's on right now. And uh, that's all I'm paying attention to. Jacob, I don't know if you've been watching it much. I know Bryson <laughs> There's no has... chance. Hey, what There's do you no mean? Ch- what do you mean no chance? I watched, no chance? I watched like 75% of Canada's first game. What, name all the I... teams in Canada's group. Can you name the team they played <laughs> on Wednesday? Okay, I was so I did watch it. Um, he doesn't even know who they played. Like, no, that's, no, I what did. What was the final score? Like, it was one nothing. I know that. Okay. Well, I just I don't nil, remember up as the, top. the football people would say. <laughs> yeah, one nil. But. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I am watching it, sort of, not really, but like, it is what it is. Okay. They played Anyways, Belgium. They played Belgium. Oh, Bel- Yes. Okay. They're going <laughs> to play. Gonna, I'm not going to tell you my Belgium story. They're going to play Croatia on Sunday. And they're going to play Morocco on Thursday. My question to you guys, or maybe just Bryson, is do they get out of the group stage? I don't even know how the group stage round works, so of I'm just going to say I don't know. Four teams, top two, get out. There you go. And the fact that they lost the first game. Now, basically, the thing is, you can't lose again. It's now a must win or must draw. I do like their chances of coming out of the group, though, as a second team. I'll give them the chance for that. I think they can put... Uh, play Croatia well from everything yeah. I've seen I, I agree with you I think they're making it of the group stage they played so so well against Belgium and uh it was really just that mistake at the end of the first half so yeah I'm confident um as long as Alfonso Davies doesn't take any more penalties uh okay back to baseball and we will be looking forward to baseball over the next couple weeks and hopefully we get some news hopefully a traf- uh, catcher is traded because we know we're going to be talking a lot about that until then as always you can support our podcast by going to patreon that's patreon.com slash section 138 pod we appreciate any support you can give you can follow us on social media that's at section 138 pod on instagram twitter and tiktok and you can give us a rating and review wherever you listen to your podcast especially spotify and Apple, which just helps spread the word about what we're doing. Okay, we'll be watching the World Cup and keeping an eye on Twitter as long as it still exists to find our baseball rumors. Catch you next time. Yeah.